Hi, George. Hi, George. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It is wine day. Wine cheers Wednesday. to you, friend. Ooh, that was a good cheers. That was a good cheers. Maybe. Or maybe it's Chardonnay. Chardonnay. <laughs> I feel like you definitely need to say that on the recording. Like, okay. Chardonnay. Well, that's good because we're recording right now. Oh. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Happy wine night. Happy wine night. We're drinking Chardonnay. We're drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. We're not sure how we feel about it. Yeah, it's a little... I mean, it's like okay. Do you think it's sweet, though? Or It's like a little sweet, and then it kind of kicks you. Because Ryan was like, it's so sweet. Like, my husband, when he tried it's this. It's definitely not time. so sweet. Okay. I am missing Rieslings in my life. I'm going to need you to... I, they don't have them Supply when you get the Riesling somehow through your wine underground connection. I feel like we need to look into like a wine subscription where they... I got a voucher for like a wine something. Hmm, wink. Or I've, I've like looked into a couple of them. It's in my backpack because I meant to show it to you. It's in my <laughs> backpack. <laughs> you last time really you old, It's next don't you to know? a KiwiCo coupon that I was going to give you because I love that. Oh, like your actual kiwi crate. <laughs> actual what? I don't know. Do I, thought you had, like, a I thought you like had like a little place you like file away things. I don't know. Did I call my backpack? <laughs> we call each other random things all the time. So yeah, I don't know. No, I don't call a shelf a backpack. I call it a shelf. <laughs> That's true. All right. Anyways, <laughs> this is Went, Went uh, Chardonnay from Riva Ranch Vineyards. Starts out a little sweet and then is a little oaky. At least I don't know if I'm describing that correctly, but I don't know what that means. But like, I it get tastes like it was a in tree. oak barrels. Is it like a tree? No. <laughs> no. I don't know what a tree tastes like, but I do know what like alcohol from oak barrels tastes like. Is it it's that yeah. thing that makes your tongue kind of Yeah. <laughs> Great. Alright, well, we've got our wine with ice cubes in it. Yeah, keeping, keeping it classy, classy. over here. Keeping it classy. <laughs> All right. Well, George, do you have a wine or a win for us today? Uh, I have a win. Yay. So as we're recording this, it is the end of January. And kind of, I don't know what happened, but like right around Christmas time, I kind of hit a wall where I was just feeling gross. And I'd been trying to work out. I started trying to work out more since then and um, take time to exercise. But the problem that I was running into all through pandemic, all through everything was that I would, the only time I would find time to work out was early mornings mm-hmm. before everyone was up or after everyone was asleep because then I didn't feel guilty that I was like taking time away from everybody else. So that was not sustainable because. Well, Cause that's the time that feels good for you is when it's like stolen time in the day. Right. It's not like the time that you're like having to add on to your day. Right. And I, that is where I was having a hard time like remaining consistent because I don't actually want to work out during those times. I was just doing it because that was the only other awake time I had. Right. But then I had no downtime either. Yeah. Um. So since then, I it, it was so funny because I stumbled across like my wedding vows that Ryan had written out, and mm-hmm. he had said something like along the lines of like I promise to always say what I mean. Um, and mean what I say, basically, like in his vows, like, and you know him, he just says what he means. And there's no, like, if he says, I really like your shirt, he really likes your shirt. There's no like hidden agenda or anything, that kind of thing. And so something clicked in my head and right around the top of the year, I was like, well, um, if I, if I say, Hey, do you mind if I go for a run? And it's Mm -hmm. like five o'clock, like 
pre-dinner time craziness, you know, it's like the time where we would normally all be rushing around and, and together. That's time I normally would have felt guilty asking yeah. or saying, like, because I, I don't have to ask him for permission, but right. I would have said, hey, does it bother you? Or I would have felt like it would have bothered him. And right around that time, he said, no, that's great. Go for it. And I went and I felt great because it was the middle of the evening. I got to, like, get the work stress off my chest and, you know, regroup. So I was, like, ready for dinner and, like, the next round of craziness in my day. Mm -hmm. And ever since, I've just been taking 30 minutes to exercise or an hour or whatever it is without feeling guilty. Like, I just let that shit go. Right. (laughs) And it's been a full month now. And I feel so happy and so great. And, um... Like, I don't feel bad about saying, hey, I'm going to go for a run. Just because I would never feel, I would never be mad at him if he was like, hey, I just need to go get some fresh air or I need to do this for 30 minutes. Great. Go do that. Like, that's what a partnership is. And I don't know why I was putting that, like, guilt on myself. So. Well, cheers to you for that. Yeah. So I'm just feeling good. That's fantastic. Yeah. So it's been almost a month. I think that it's just that that time of day, if you've been with your child Mm -hmm. or children all day long. That time of day is, like, your breaking point where you desperately need a break. Yep. So I think it's hard to shift and realize, like, in your case, your husband's working too, but he's upstairs, not most of the time. Yeah, it's, like, sequestered except for his, like, lunch break. So, like, when he comes downstairs, he's exhausted from working, but also hasn't been with a tiny human all day. So, like, when you ask to go... He probably is legitimately okay with it. Whereas if he asked to leave at five o'clock, you'd probably be like, I can't. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Not a good time. <laughs> I mean, you'd, lo- you'd probably say okay because you realize he sure. needs it. But internally, but the, like, like, that's trade-off. like the worst time for me because I'm like, no. Like, yeah. I can't. Um, I've actually started, I a lot of times either exercise, like I put the kids in a double stroller and go for like a long walk with mm-hmm. them. Or I'll exercise, like, during nap times. So, like, that, like, 5 o'clock time right before dinner is when I'm usually ready to just, like, take a shower or something. And I'll be like, do you mind if I just go take a shower real quick? And I'm like, sometimes it'll be, if he's down, my husband's downstairs, it's, like, 4 o'clock. I'm like, I'm really just going to get my shower and get in my pajamas. But it's, like, that, like, just quiet for, like, 20 minutes that just, like, refreshes you for the evening. It, like, changes your mindset. And that was the thing as I was finding. I I go back and forth, like, every few minutes from my toddler voice to my Zoom voice and then Mm -hmm. back to my toddler voice. And it was just feeling – I was feeling just so outside of myself. And Mm -hmm. I think if I take that break – I've been trying to time it where I go for a run, like, right at sunset because then it's pretty. I feel, like, refreshed. It's I'm by myself, like – and or I'll do you know some kind of workout video or whatever, and then I come back and I'm nicer to him. <laughs> like I'm like I'm everybody because your nerves aren't. I feel like your nerves just get like yes, Ugh. yeah. I just can't. And at the I end of the like day, it's th- I mean I really am. I've been going like on average for like thirty minutes, mm-hmm. so I'm gone for thirty minutes. Maybe you know if you add ten minutes on for me to like change or stretch or whatever beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then I'm back, and I'm in a much better state of mind, and I just don't feel guilty about it like I would have a month ago. And it's just been such a great thing for me. I feel like it's a really great release, and I'm also feeling like it's accomplished kind of yeah. thing. So, anyways, I, the, I just let go of mom guilt in that one well, little section it's not of my getting life. Refreshed if you're feeling guilty about it, yeah. And why you shouldn't? Right. And in this whole month, never once did I come home where he was like feeling annoyed that I was gone, or yeah. you know, and. Of course, he could be like, hey, you know, I had a really hard day. Can we wait or whatever? And then I'll go at bedtime or do it another time. Yeah. Sure. But, like, a one-off is different than me, like, projecting guilt that he'd – projecting right. that he has or putting on myself some weird opinion that he does not have. Well, these moms feel like we need to be there for everything yep. in case somebody needs us. Yes, yeah. Because usually somebody does. Like, yeah. if you're there, I need you. 
Right. If you just run away from the house and don't look back, yeah, figure it out. I did. I set, my, I set my Apple Watch to do not disturb like during my run. Nice. And, but there's like a breakthrough option. Like if somebody calls you twice, then it oh. breaks through. So like, um, or I can set it for him. But like, because I would leave on runs and he would do like a group text with our family. And I'm like, ah, and I'm just like running. Rage, like, running. <laughs> and it's not even that I'm mad at that. It's just like, I'm not separated then from that mm-hmm. like mindset. So I was like, okay, well, if anything happens, you have to call me twice. So, mm-hmm. well, any of your wireless earbuds, which you and my husband friendly convinced me to get some amazing. Yeah. Like life changing. Right. Like when you're not tethered to something, it's a whole it's game changer. Freedom. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. How about you? Are you whining or winning? I'm winning also. So, if you remember my crazy check from a few weeks back um, about my dog and how he lays in my bed with me mm. and like makes my hips all out of alignment because <laughs> yeah. we had to get a new mattress pad that's like fluffy memory foam and it's fantastic. But like, I don't know. I, we joke all the time that we don't know how old we are because I swear reach 30 and like something happens. I saw a meme today that I just read to Ryan that said in your twenties, you, you know, party all night, wake up backwards on a coffee table just in time to go for a 5K run. And then yeah. you buy the wrong pillow in your 30s and it's like, no. put me in hospice. I saw that meme <laughs> because I have multiple times bought the wrong pillow and it's horrible. I'm like on a never ending hunt. So I bought this pillow finally that has like 50,000 reviews or something on Amazon and it's been working out. But <laughs> the mattress pad was a big thing too because mm. our mattress, like, I don't know. But I've like I'm like broken now. Like I have to sleep on my back because if I sleep on my side, like my hips will be out of alignment the next day, and it's horrible. Um, but I was talking to my husband about it because I was starting to get the reason we got the mattress pad is because my back was just killing me again. Yeah, and because of how our mattress was just not wearing right, and um, so we got the mattress pad, and it's been going fine. But all of a sudden, my back started hurting like that again. So mm-hmm. I was talking to my husband, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. It like it still hurts. I don't know if I'm, like, because I've been exercising, too. I've been trying to be really mindful. Am I, like, not stretching properly or something like that? And I realized, A, probably the fact, again, my dog sleeps right next to my, like, <laughs> hip on the mattress pad. So it's, like, caved in. Um, and I know that you're supposed to, like, rotate mattresses and mattress mm. pads and things like that. And we are very bad at that. So I was kind of just talking through with him because he'll see me. Like, I'll, like, literally stand up and it's, like, my back gets, like, locked. Mm, and yeah. it needs to kind of, like... I don't know, pop into place or whatever it's doing. And he's like, are you okay? Because I'll kind of like hobble across the room <laughs> until it like clicks back to where it's supposed to be. And I was just kind of talking to him about it. And so he went up to bed the other night before I did. And I get a text from him and he's like, hey, um, I rotated the mattress pad. So Husband of the year. let me know what you think. <laughs> like, let me know tomorrow if it helped you. And I was like, thank you. Because of course you have to like take the sheets off and like rotate it. And like yeah, that's a, a king size bed that has, it's like a sleigh bed. So it has like the front and back, um, whatever headboard and headboard and footboard yeah so it's like it's a a (laughs) to-do really great I did a hand motion that nobody can see (laughs) it's a whole thing to do it so I was just really appreciative I was like oh you're so sweet for doing that and then I came to bed that night he was already asleep because he had an early meeting the next day and like he had super fluffed my pillow all up and it was like ready and I laid down and I was like this is great rotating it helped so much and the next morning he was even like how did was it better did you back a little better today and I was like I don't know That's which is just, a bigger win, it, like the the back feeling better or like the husband proactively like just like it feel like it's like the little things feelings, that, yeah, yeah it's like the things like that that just make you feel good that somebody like heard you and then just yeah. did something. I don't know how often you're supposed to rotate your mattress pad. I should probably research that because I have Googles this problem regularly. Yeah, 
I don't we have a Tempur-Pedic that I think you're supposed to rotate, but it's so heavy that we just never yeah. do. Yeah. And I did notice since we moved in that it, like, because when we moved, we didn't have the bed right away. And then it was, like, super fresh when we moved in. Well, probably, like, fluffed back up. Yeah. Because it wasn't having you. And I thought about that, too. I'm like, I could probably, like, take it off and let it, like, yeah. re-fluff or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. Maybe, it's like, like a every month? Every quarter? No. Man, I saw this lots of things YouTube video of this family, and they have their life together. They have this, like, schedule of quarterly things they do, like, every quarter. Like, they have a day each quarter that's, like, change this filter and do this. Fil-. Like, they, they just do all of those things in one day. And, man, I wish my life was They don't have toddlers, do they? No, they do. They have one toddler. Okay, well, I don't like them. I know, and they both work. They do have help with their kids two days a week. My husband and I were saying that, too. Like, we've done a lot of organizing throughout pandemic and mm-hmm. our garage is at a place where we probably just need like a day where we don't have some like our children yeah. around and we could knock it out but the fact that you can never finish you anything can't, and it's just like okay i don't want to do it because yeah i'm gonna just because a job like that you make it so much worse before you make it better ryan and i were just talking about this tonight that we think that when the world opens up again or it's safe for us with you know claire's um risk factors and all that that we should just like trade off weekends whether it be like a date night or whatever like where one of us will just go while the kid's sleeping and like you can do whatever the hell you want to do whether you need to finish something or go on a date or do whatever because I was like we need date nights out of the house like I yeah just need to be somewhere out of this house with you with no human are you talking about us trading like yeah okay like like uh, I was like how are you gonna run a date without your husband I thought you were talking about trading with your husband I was like like, are you like you guys (laughs) do we need to have a conversation oh my god I explained did you bring a pineapple (laughs) I explained to Jocelyn last week that I that I learned that maybe pineapple like if you bring a pineapple to a party that it could be a sign that you're offering to be a swinger and hey if my swinger mom is out (laughs) out there let us know if that's true or not but um I, I heard that that's like a symbol of swinging. And I so today she had a, her kid's birthday party. And tell me the text I got. Well, <laughs> you like pineapple. So I was I taking out fruit for the party. <laughs> and I was, which party, right, during pandemic. For anyone who's like new to following us or hasn't like, or has missed this, we are both being super, super, super careful about pandemic. So we are in a little bubble with just our two families. When I say party, it is you guys coming to my house. Right. It was just for yeah. our party. But I had to text you, and I was like, so I bought a pineapple. <laughs> to be clear, I don't want to swing with you. <laughs> Secondly, it's already cut up. I don't know what that means. Like, right, like, like does extra fruit open salad, like, is fruit salad, like, even a step further? I'm very interested. And then you brought strawberries to my house. It was a whole I thing. Know, I know. So- I, I almost made the same joke with the text, which is really funny. But anyway, so if, um, if you are in the swinging community, if that's really a thing, let us let know. Us know. Do, do you, but also let us know. Right. We should no, never no bring judgment. pineapple to somebody's house. I just, I just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just want to be really clear there, though, about my boundaries. Like, if there's any that... other fruit that I could bring to somebody's house that means something else. Like... Right, like, I don't want to bring, like, an asshole fruit that's like, oh, this person hates me. Like, oh, they brought a papaya. Like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Whatever. Also, why would I bring a papaya? I don't. It's uh, a just... very specific fruit. Right. Papayas are not good. I mean, I don't know. I think there's plenty of people that like papayas. Can you just, like, acquire a papaya, like, at the grocery yes. store? Can you acquire a papaya? Well, I mean, it's been a, a year since I've been in the grocery store. <laughs> on our, gro- our weekly grocery order, and it was not good. Well, I feel like getting a papaya from a, a Walmart grocery order is maybe not the best life choice. Is it? No. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> you are. It was gross. Well, Yeah. Anyways, it tasted like a fruit that like didn't grow up to be a real fruit and wasn't mm. quite fruity enough. 
Anywho, <laughs> let's get on to our regular topic for our main topic. Speaking of boundaries. Speaking of boundaries. <laughs> so we've been packing a lot lately. We've discussed that there's a, in case you haven't noticed, a global pandemic going on right now. And so we've talked about, like, gosh, we haven't really talked about the pandemic in our podcast. And part of that is because nobody's coming to our podcast to, like, let's all talk about how horrible life is right now. Right, right. Um, but also, I kind of think a spin on that that I wanted to kind of talk about today is I've been thinking a lot lately about all the things that I've learned during the pandemic so far and, like, life shifts and boundaries that have yeah. happened because of this weird life we're in where we can't we can't say yes to all the invitations and things like that. We have right. to stay home and we have to keep our families protected. So I wanted to kind of talk about just that today and a more like positive spin on it of just things that we've learned, things that we are going to take forward if this never ending train we are on ever stops. <laughs> um, and yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good topic. Um, would you like me to go first? Yes. Okay. So I know that um, when I kind of pit, like pitched this to you that I want to talk about this, I know the boundaries thing resonated with you. So here's some yes. of my thoughts. So for me, it's boundaries in relationships that I've kind of been realizing that I don't know if it's like a female thing or generational thing that like we were not, we did not grow up in a world that supported having boundaries. So I've noticed that like at the age that my daughter's at, so I have, I, this is Jocelyn speaking. I have my two kids, five and two, as of yesterday, my son turned two. Um, and I noticed with my five-year-old, I worry more about her in the pandemic because she did have friendships beforehand. Right. And I'm very aware of the fact that, you know, everybody's changing and growing. Everyone's family's changing and growing. Everyone's families have gone through a pandemic and their priorities may shift after the fact. And I realized well, also that during the pandemic, families have different, different ways that they're um, handling it, different ways that they're handling it. And so depending on your risk factors and uh, your beliefs and your, yeah. even, I mean, I hate to say, it, but even your political views is like really shaped a lot of right. how people are handling like, um, I don't know, but it kind of made me realize that that's how you, we start learning to keep like friendships that are either toxic or aren't working for us in our lives because we're never taught how to have those healthy boundaries or like if there is massive life circumstances like this and it just changes things and it can't go back right. to the way it was before. It's okay to say, you know. That was either a phase in my life that I needed those people or, um, hey, they're going to be in my life still, yeah. but might look a little different and be okay with that. And we talk a lot about our people-pleasing mentality and our anxiety. It makes you feel like you have to, like, hold on to everybody that has meant something right. in your life and, and at the same degree of closeness as well. And it doesn't give you freedom for people to... Kind of take take some space when they need it and yeah. come back closer when they're when they're ready and just kind of have that fluidity in relationships so that's something just like i think for my own personal life just kind of that relationship boundary setting that i realized as much as i tried to kind of react to the generation that we grew up in and have stronger boundaries that i still if like something happens in any relationship in my life friendship family whatever I was kind of like taking responsibility for it and trying to fix things and like even right. if it was at the detriment of my own happiness. And then I kind of was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, oh my gosh, like we are imprinting now 
on our children and like right. this is such a formative time that like are they need to learn how to manage these friendships just in life in general but like yeah. obviously during a big like thing that's happening now i think about that so often i think about how we have to have boundaries and implement um boundaries so that our kids will learn how to create boundaries yeah. without feeling guilty or weird about it like just like i was talking about in my win like you have to we have to just show what that looks like so that mm-hmm. they don't know any different um, right you know like you mentioned maybe it's a female thing and i do think that there's a very very different standard for men and women in setting boundaries because yes. i think historically if a man sets a boundary and says like i don't want to do this thing or this isn't serving me or um you know they can even just and there's nothing like weird or personal that's necessarily like read into that situation mm-hmm. and they're almost viewed as more assertive because they're mm-hmm. just saying hey this isn't for me and yeah you know and and it's not personal but it's just i'm looking out for me because no one else will look out for me but me mm-hmm. whereas like if a female does it then it's like oh well she's she has this weird thought or and maybe maybe it's a female thing that we assume maybe it's like part of our weird well, guilt thing we're that we're used to that way to like smooth things over and be apologetic and like make yeah. sure the other person's okay where and like usually in at least the female relationships the other person's not okay and like it's this right. weird like but again, I've talked to my husband about this a lot. I'm like, are you, are you upset? Like, if something happens, like, with one of his friends or something, I'm like, are you feeling upset about that? And he's yeah. like, no, like, maybe a little, but, like, okay. That's what it is, yeah. And it's just kind of that, like, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. And he's able to more move on from things than I think we are. I remember I had a friendship around the time that I got married. And there was something, um, we had a falling out because she was saying things about my family and um, different things that I heard about. And Mm -hmm. for me, like family is the most important thing. And I just drew a boundary and I just said, Hey, I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with you. Bad mouthing my family. I'm not okay with, um, it was just something that I just was not willing to move past. And I was really polite. I wasn't mean. I wasn't, I was, um, and we were friends and we worked together and I was super professional. So nobody on a professional level would ever have guessed that something was off or, um, weird. And, you know, it was brought to my attention later that after the fact, there was all kinds of things said about me. It was just such a silly thing that yeah. was like, because I drew a boundary. Like, hey, well, I'm not see, okay like, with this thing. In that moment, I'm proud of you for actually setting the boundary and saying the thing. Because that's what's hard for me yep. is when people, I guess, are setting the boundary, but they don't come out and say it. Right. So you're like, okay. And then it feels passive aggressive. Yeah. And you're like, what do you need from me? Like, right. do you want me to keep trying? Are you going through a hard time? Or do you just... Are you trying to set a boundary and you're just not being clear about it? Because tell me. Right. (laughs) Or like in pandemic, like, hey, my family doesn't feel that we need to stay home. So, you know, we're going to continue to go out. It's not a personal thing. But But we're not going to be able to see each other because, you know, I'm still going to go out and you're not. And that's that. Like, that could be that. And it could be as simple as that. But a lot of times it's like this weird judgment thing. And yeah, it's it's hard. And I think if pandemic has taught me anything, it's just that like, I don't have time for that. shit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care to worry about anymore if if that boundary is going to offend somebody because I know that I will handle myself. You need to do it politely. I'm not going to be rude and or, you know, project my judgment on them. But it's just this is just what's for me. But I do realize, too, that I've I, I was doing that sometimes of, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I think it was maybe like a jealousy thing of people that were going out and still living their lives and totally. weren't afraid or didn't have respect or whatever. 
that you were like, what are you doing? No, we're all in this together. Let's all stay home. Yeah. Um, that I think we've gone through many phases on this roller coaster, right? Where like, I think we're both at that point now where we're able to say, okay, you're doing that thing and we can still be friends. We just might have to adapt in how we connect with one another right. until this passes. Yeah. Boundaries are okay. And I think that for a long time, I at least felt like they weren't okay. And it was mm-hmm. somehow a slight against people or like being hurtful in some way when really it's just for all of our mental health right. to just set the boundary, be clear about it. And it's hard when maybe other people aren't as good about being clear about it. So then it's that, yeah, it's that weird dance of like, no, I'm just trying to set this boundary, I'm not trying to upset you. Yeah. And I think along those lines, too, like, it doesn't have to escalate to, like, a fight. It, it can just be, hey, I'm sensing there's some tension around this topic mm-hmm. now that I've said this. Can we talk about this? And mm-hmm. then that's part of you completing that boundary. And it's just this way that you can complete that interaction without leaving that bad blood behind. And, and it's so hard. I mean, it's really uncomfortable. But personal relationships are so it's so I, I think I realized that so much in the pandemic as well. It's just how complicated all of our relationships are. Mm-hmm. We all just bring so much to our relationships that have so nothing to do area. with the actual relationship. Right. It's just all of our past and our baggage and our past relationships <laughs> right. that we bring into these friendships and romantic relationships and family relationships that have nothing to do with the actual relationship. And so I think with all this extra time and having anxiety as we do. I have been really evaluating kind of some of those driving forces and realizing, like, okay, yeah. how much this is about this particular relationship and how much of this is about all this other stuff that I'm bringing into it. And yep. wanting to just own, I think part of the boundaries as well is wanting to own what my part is in it and being able to let go of the parts that aren't my part. Yeah, right, right. Like, hey, I'm responsible for me and my you know, bubble and, um, that's all you can control. And that's, Mm -hmm. it's helpful when you can, um, let go of the things that are outside of the, what you had control of in that situation. That's definitely a good takeaway from pandemic. Right. And I mean, we, we've talked about Glennon Doyle Mm -hmm. in this podcast before her book untamed. If you have not read it somehow, like if you're on the interwebs at all and have not come across how amazing this is, because I feel like Maybe it's just because I follow her on Instagram. But I just feel like she's like a anybody that's ever read this, she's amazing. But one of the things that she always says is, "I we can do hard things." It's kind of I, her I have that mantra. down in my notes for the show today. That's too funny. Yes, because yes. we can do hard things. Yeah. Or as Claire says, we can do hard things. Things. <laughs> you can do hard things. Your daughter is so cute with her. I can do hard things. Yeah. But it's true, and it's such a good mantra. And relationships are hard things. Like it's hard to be vulnerable. Yeah. And at the same time, set boundaries and just be confident in yourself. And yeah, that's a hard thing. And then, I mean, there's a whole separate, like, physical hard things, right? But the mental aspect of it. Well, and with that, like, the hard things, what my takeaway has been is, like, to run at the uncomfortable situation so that I can just squash it. Because the last thing I want to do is, like, especially if it's with Ryan or, you know, us or whatever the situation is, like... I don't want any weird energy. I don't have time for mm-hmm. it. I don't, we have only us in our little pod. Like I just want to address it and then be done with it. And, um, 
that has been like a really great habit because when before pandemic, when life was so busy, it's easy to just say, okay, I'll deal with that another time. I'll deal with it another time. Mm -hmm. And then this like rift can grow and you carry it along with you. Yeah. And that's heavy for you to carry, but also damaging to the relationships in your life. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm feeling like weird energy. Can we talk about this? Or um, even with work, it's like, I'll do the thing that I want to do least right away because I just want it done. I don't want, I don't want to feel that angst. I don't Mm -hmm. want to feel that I, I just, the world's in turmoil enough. I don't yeah. want to um, also be worrying about, you know, did I answer this email to this person that made me uncomfortable or, right. you know, whatever. Do you so, feel like that angst was functional for you in some ways? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny how our bad habits, like, there's a reason that was there, that yeah. you that you would put the hard things last, because that angst was doing something right. for you. Yeah. Or it yeah. was, like, oddly comforting because you were used to feeling that way or... Yeah, sometimes I wonder, too, and I I think, you know, as we joke about being, like, recovering people pleasers, but um, I think I, when I was younger, I really only knew how to function in a state of angst because it also was tied into, like, procrastination and uh, different things that would make me feel anxious, and Mm -hmm. then that's how I would get things done. So then that was my learned pattern, and now I'm realizing I can get things done really well without that sense of angst. And then I'm happier in the rest of my life. And it's still, there's still things I have to check myself on. And there's still days where I'm like, why did I stay up till this? Or what, you know, right. too late? Or why did I wait to do this thing I'm working on? Or whatever Because we have a lot of competing priorities at one right. time. Right. So it's that weird fine balance. But what I'm trying to just do is not... um ignore it. So I'm trying to actually like evaluate it for what it is Mm -hmm. so that even if it is the hard thing I put off, at least I know exactly what it is. I'm not finding myself procrastinating or waiting to deal with it. And then, uh, or, you know, prioritizing that last and then getting in that situation and feeling even more overwhelmed because it's a bigger commitment than I thought or a bigger problem than I thought or whatever that might be. Well, naming it and finding a place for it, I think helps too. Of Like, okay, I know I'm doing this and yeah, I've I've set aside X time at this point to do this thing. Yep, that helps a lot more than just having it be in this. I always think of this just like this like storm of an ocean in my mind. Just like yeah. all these things that are going around. For me, it helps me to write things down or put it on a schedule yep. or whatever, so that it's at least out of my head. Yeah, get like put it out of your head, give it a place to live, and then when you look at it, then you can prioritize. Hey, this and is then it feels a little less hard, and that's when you realize you can do hard things. Right. And because we can take everything a chunk at a time, you know? Well, and, and like, I know you'll text me when you're staying up too late and mm-hmm. you know you have a meeting in the morning and you're sitting under your weighted blanket, which, by the way, <laughs> if you don't have a weighted blanket, I have one. I Dawson got me one for my it. birthday. So then I got you one for your birthday because I was like, this helps. It does. It just makes you feel so calm. Yeah. And just centered and... I'm but like, set an alarm on your phone for how much time you're allowing yourself to watch TV before you get under the weighted blanket. Don't do it while you're in the blanket because you'll never there's leave. Like, no, yeah, you don't want to leave. It just calms your whole body. But to that point, when you'll text me and you're under the weighted blanket, I'm like, great, enjoy. Yeah. Have a great time. Because if you're sitting there going, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be going to bed. I have this meeting in the morning. Yeah. It's not. Then you're, it's pointless. Might as well just go to bed. Well, and that's not getting the benefit of that and to be in the moment. Right. And we have to prioritize having joy for ourselves or Mm -hmm. like having a break for ourselves that feels good. And um, I wrote that down as one of my things too is like, uh, I before pandemic is I would have a hard time like taking time away from my family and Uh saying, um, I'm going to go do this thing 
without feeling right. guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so when pandemic hit, the only time I was not with my husband or my daughter was when I was working um, or, right. you know, and Ryan had her because we were all three at home. Right. And I had to like it took months before it happened. And I remember I signed up for this online it's like a motivational speakers like conference. She did mm-hmm. a virtual one and I I it was over a Saturday and I was like, I'm gonna take this whole day and I'm gonna do this and Ryan's gonna be with Claire and I'm gonna and do you know I could not enjoy a minute of it because I was so burnt out and so tired that all I wanted to do was sleep and then I felt like I had given myself just another thing to do instead of just doing what I needed to do, which was just take a freaking Saturday and sleep it off because right. um I, I wasn't taking but, any time that wasn't work. Right. But there's that piece again, too, where you feel like you need something that you're doing. Like, hey, I have this conference I signed off on. Like, I you would, I don't see you in a million years walking up to your husband and being like, hey, I need to sleep for eight hours. And right. You can just watch right. Claire right now. Right. And and there's the nothing wrong that with that. You need and that's okay. Right. And I think of how hard we work, both my husband and I and you and everybody. It's like, it's okay to say, I need a day to sleep and I need sleep and I need you to do this. Like, when, and that was another shift that helped me was, um, reminding myself to ask when I needed that help right. because Ryan, um, when, when it first started, he, you know, we, we were just adjusting and figuring out how are we going to do this? And then I was doing everything with Claire and everything yeah. with work. And I just hit a wall because at first we were thinking she it would upset her if she saw him in the middle of the day and then had to go back to work. She wouldn't understand. And she was a little bit younger at that time, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then finally I had to be like, I need you to come down and give her lunch because I can't work and take care of her in the morning and then also wrestle through lunch during that like throwing food phase and then also put her down for a nap and then be back in time for a meeting because what if she screams or what if whatever so he started um doing her lunch and putting her down for a nap in the middle of the day so that I could then get a longer stretch in the afternoon of work and that was such a lunch break right yeah so he took his lunch break and did that and before he was taking a nap because that's what he used to do when he would go to the office is he would come home and take a nap so when we came into this thing he was just upstairs so he's like well I'm gonna lay down and take a nap and I part of me felt guilty about saying hey I need you to like step in and he has no problem stepping in he was trying not to upset her by coming down but what I didn't realize is I was putting off like asking for the help and because I didn't want to seem like I couldn't do it or I don't know what it was. You want to be able to do all the things and you don't want to, you don't want to make somebody else that you love not be able to do a thing that helps with their well-being. but then it's, you're putting yourself at the bottom of the list and that's not. Yeah. What other pandemic lessons do you have? That, I mean, we've talked a lot about our anxiety and I think that that's also part of the boundary and just, I think that during this pandemic, I have labeled my feelings as anxiety more than I ever have in my life because I think I've had to slow down enough that I couldn't avoid it anymore. Right. And I don't even know what that is because I don't, I I feel like I've had people around that have had around me in my personal life that have had depression Mm -hmm. and experienced those feelings, but I don't feel like anxiety gets talked about as much or labeled as much, at least in my personal experiences. So I think I just didn't even realize that that's what I was feeling that was making things so much harder for me. I think that's too fascinating because part of it is that anxiety feels like it's not something you really want to advertise because somehow it also has a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. But also you had really fu- high functioning anxiety, which is what kind yeah. of what we talked about in our last episode. And in pandemic, that only functions for so long when yeah. you're like, you can't get away from it. Like you are never leaving it. It's right. and, and you're doing hard things all day it long. It makes it sound like the pandemic has just hit my anxiety in a special way. Right. And then by the end, and it's like that five o'clock hour or whatever time it is, you just hit that wall in the middle of the day. Yeah. And it's, 
Yeah. So it made it much easier almost to kind of have to say like, there, there's no other thing that this is except for anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, we couldn't say I'm busy so or I'm helpful. this or I'm that. Yeah. You can't ignore it. You yeah. can't just fill your mind up and your day up with so many other things. Right. Like I've become a little bit of an insomniac in this time because it's a, okay. When the house is quiet, it's kind of addicting. I'm like, mm-hmm. I just want to watch TV and sit here under my blanket and chill. <laughs> but also your mind doesn't shut off because you're right. just like, well, I've got all this stuff, all these worries to think about. And then you realize like, oh, that was always happening. I was just filling out my time. Right. And trying not to think about the anxiety that was happening. So I think labeling it, um, owning it, having it be and part of my life that I accept and can just then deal with. Yeah. Rather than trying to pretend it's not there. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I guess shifting from the boundaries. So... We have had, you talked a little bit about your working life and how that transitioned into being a career mom who is at home because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think for me, being a stay-at-home mom, it's funny that I honestly, it's almost like I was afraid to be at home too often with my kids because I'm like, well, I what, am I, what am I going to do with them? Like, they, they need entertainment. They need all the stimulation. They need to be learning. They mm-hmm. need to be socializing. They need to be doing... All of these things that, again, are these external factors that I think during the pandemic, I have kind of trying to take stock of what is it that I actually want and what is it that my children actually want. So my daughter, who is now five, it's funny because my husband and I used to get so frustrated. She would, she would, we would go out for these activities. We'd take her to her classes and everything or play dates and whatever. And at the end of the day, she would be so upset to have to go to bed. She's like, I didn't get any time to play. We're like, what? Right. What are you talking about? Like, right. And you literally, you, you, went, you spent so much time dedicating to driving back and forth and planning out the perfect extracurricular kind of thing yeah. that was like in her life. And so I can imagine hearing that. You're just like, what? Like, Excuse what? me? What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we realized, and I, and I was, start, it's before pandemic even hit, I was starting to realize, and my husband can attest to the fact that we had these conversations of, I think she just wants to just free play more. Yeah. Um, but it was almost that, like, my own anxieties, right? If we're just at home mm-hmm. and we have all this time to fill and I'm, like, what am I doing with my day? Like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I stopped working to be with these kids, so I should have to – I should be filling their day with all these stimulating activities and just being okay with the fact that, okay – no, we can just be at home and they can free play. And even they're when they're developing doing that, and flourishing there's and... 9,000 things that I am doing that yeah. is sustaining their lives and, you know, keeping them healthy and active and um, just keeping our day going, whatever. So just kind of being forced to stay home, it's been kind of eye-opening for me personally and just seeing how much my kids do just, I don't know the right words, like they're like, they're like flourishing learning. and yeah. learning and just being themselves and obviously my son just turned two so he's been kind of just in the infancy stages during all this anyways um but especially with my daughter just seeing that okay she can't obviously she wants to still go she would rather be going sometimes and doing the things right but just realizing that it's okay for it to be a little bit of a balance and if we don't have this crazy packed schedule and that like go 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 mm-hmm. lifestyle that i'm still doing a job at this stay-at-home mom thing well, and I wonder, too, like, I watched you today at the at Gavin's party, and, like, he, I watched you, like, get down on your kid's level on two different, like, both with Gavin and Aria, and, like, just kind of be really present with them in that moment. And I feel like before pandemic, 
most people were just like really addicted to being busy yeah versus the actual desired outcome of the busyness like of, of why you're making yourself so busy and, right you know it's like all of those things it's like you're doing this because you want this outcome for your kid for them to feel supported and engaged in all these things but really what your kid is saying to you is like hey like I, I really would love to like just play and hang with you and right. be with you and like you're then taking the opportunity now to develop with them in the way that they're asking for that yeah being afraid of that stay-at-home life and then having to be jolted into just yeah. No, this is us. Like we just got it. And you have to be, it's like so vulnerable, right? Because yeah. you're responsible for everything. Right. And, and, and right. You're the teacher. You're the everything. And yeah. I, the way that the outcome of that then feels like really heavy. But part of that, I think, and this is something I took from pandemic also is that um, I started comparing myself to other moms and the Instagram moms and all the things less mm-hmm. during pandemic, I feel like, because, um, I, I made this call for my kid because this is what is best for her. She's got health issues, so we're staying home. And I felt so convicted in that decision that, like, this is the best for me. And I, I, I think because I had such this strong, um, like, motivating force in that, that I didn't feel like I even needed to worry about, like, what other moms thought. Because this is our only option. Just own your decisions and yeah. it's okay. And I you don't have any other options, but, like, that would be the option you'd want to make. Right. right. And also, I came from That's a working right. mom like uh, working outside of the home um because I 100% and we've talked about this a million times but I 100% what you do is a job and is 100% I saw on Instagram people called it someone was calling it a career mom versus a stay-at-home mom and Mm -hmm. I was like oh that's the better phrasing for like the thing that me and you kind of talk about of like I get I get when you say working mom that you know that right stay-at-home moms are working I like that career mom I also like like working in the home mom too because I feel like that's what you're doing you you clock in before all of us you clock out before or you're staying in like in your job role longer than anyone who would be in an office you know what I mean um either way we're all crushing it is what we're trying to say totally it's like cheers everyone has (laughs) that's right cheers mamas but I guess uh the whole thing is is just like feeling convicted and what doing is what is right for you and your family mm-hmm. and that's part of you know ties back into boundaries it's like you have to make this boundary for your family and what you know is best and you have to just go with it and yeah. whatever your gut says is important and um that's been liberating and i think that's like a blessing i got from pandemic is i don't care what the other moms are doing because this is yeah. what works for claire and our unique circumstances. And same for you guys. You know what I mean? So. And when you think about the tiny humans in our lives, like, that's all that they don't know about all the other things that are, like, right. hurting, that our best moms are worrying about. They just know what's happening in their home and right. what's best for them. And then at the core of it, that's all we care about is that they're okay, that our tiny humans are okay and content and feel safe mm-hmm. and happy. And Do you think there's a lot of, um, do you think that, like, the working in the home or, you know, quote, unquote, stay, stay-at-home moms are faced with a lot more of that like comparison stress because like with your other stay-at-home moms like how they're filling their time do you think that there's ever this weird feeling of like oh she did this so I should be doing this or or vice versa sometimes I think it depends on the person because I and I think um we you and I have talked about and I think it actually might be our next episode talking about the identity shift when you become a mom and it's interesting, and the pandemic has given me lots of time to think about the, my own identity shift and just, like, other people that I know, because I think it depends on the person. If they're having a harder time letting go of that identity piece that was being a career person, mm-hmm. career human, then I think they themselves have a harder time, and they themselves compare themselves to other moms and feel like 
they should be doing all these things. Then I know moms that are just totally content with what they are doing and comfortable with their family. And those are the ones that I try to take cues from because I feel like I could, right. I could stand to be more like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it depends on your own identity. Yeah. And that's such a huge thing is that you're – however you're – taking care of your kids you are doing an excellent job and mm-hmm. you are doing it with the best intentions and it must feel so hard that when you um and I know I I got this feeling when I would say oh I'm putting my kid in daycare and I had stay-at-home moms tell me like oh don't you or how do you feel about somebody else raising your kid that's and so judgy. right that's so judgy and also that's just not true I mean mm-hmm. um I mean I certainly find silver lining in pandemic and I'm I've since changed my what my work trajectory will look like. Um, so that's after a big thing pandemic. for you too. So talk about that. Yeah. So uh, and thankfully, my company has been really, really awesome. And I know I'm really fortunate because not all companies are created equal in this way. But um, since the pandemic has happened, they obviously are realizing business as usual is running, whether you're in the office or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and my office has been closed and uh, since March. Uh, mm-hmm. And they are talking about reentry now at the end of the summer when things are becoming or when they anticipate things will be a little bit more safer once the vaccines come out. And, but we still have the option to not go into the office if we don't want to. And so I'm Mm -hmm. going to stay home and I am going to keep Claire home. Um, But when it's safe, we will get a sitter to come. And so spend a couple of hours with her so I can get longer stretches of work done, but I'm not missing, you know, I'm not dropping her off as early as I was pre-pandemic and picking her up as late as I was pre-pandemic. Because that's the whole thing too, right? You're just like, go, 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 get her out the door. Mm -hmm. She has to be a place and I have to get to work. And then back home, it's more, this way you get to. And that was something right before the pandemic hit. I remember you and I had plans to hang out and I canceled our plans because I was like, I just need to be with her. I Mm -hmm. just felt life I, again I was addicted to being busy and I was doing everything um you know and I spent a lot of quality time with her on the weekends but I just was it was not enough and for me for how I was feeling and yeah. uh so this was the silver lining in that now I can make the choice to stay home and then mm-hmm. eventually we'll transition to more child care support yeah. so I'm not you know losing my mind going crazy yeah <laughs> um, because that'll be good for her too but you very much um in life compartmentalize things i mean we talked yes, about how your stress has like come out and like your eyes swelling and stuff <laughs> but it's true it's like you had your work you had your clear and, and i i've seen you and i've been really proud of you across pandemic i've seen this like tra- this transition that you're talking about where you're realizing like it all blends together and mm-hmm. you're more sane if you find a way that works for it to blend together than having all the things be separate and that's great Thanks, that's Awesome. <laughs> and I'm so proud of you. Like that's such a that's such a self-growth, like realizing what you actually need mm-hmm. to sustain things. We're gonna talk about this a lot more in the next episode, so tune in. But you helped a lot in helping me to determine where I held my like kind of self-worth or self like how I identified. And mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna talk about that a lot in the next episode, but after we had that long heart to heart, I like I was on the phone like crying to Jocelyn, just like, oh, this is so hard because I was feeling so stressed. Um, like I wasn't doing anything well because I was doing everything. And yeah. I realized it was because I was holding like my self-worth into things that I could accomplish. And so that's what I'm trying to work on is that yeah. it's not based on what I can accomplish, but rather like how I am approaching all those things. Well, in pre-pandemic, things could go in your neat little boxes. Oh, yeah. Just be very busy and all the things could get. That's why I was addicted to being busy because I could then check the box. Like I, so that was something that, and now I see was like a vicious cycle. (laughs) Yeah. So having all those boxes taken away, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe there is a different way of doing things. So 
I'm really glad that that's been like the it is hard, right? Because we're we both have our really big ups and downs with the pandemic. So it's like trying to be on those up moments. I try to just really think about, okay, what have I learned? What have been the positives? What can I take away? Mm Because we're all about self growth. On that note, crazy check. Crazy check. (laughs) So I have a crazy check today. Great. Okay. Lay it on me. <laughs> so when moms are venting or right. saying that this is hard or um, this is the kind of day I had, and I see a lot more of that on the internet, people are being a lot more vulnerable and saying like, this really sucked or this is really hard or I'm crying and I don't know what to do in this situation. And then when people respond and say like, you'll miss this one day, I my crazy check is, do you think that the person who said that would actually also miss that thing. <laughs> like, for example, like if I'm like, oh my gosh, if I change one more crap diaper, I'm going to lose my mind. Or if I have to pick up this freaking block for the 15th time today, I'm going to lose yeah. my mind. And then somebody responds and says, you'll miss this one day. Do you think that they would really miss picking up the block? Or are they just trying to say, like, you should reframe and appreciate that? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. I know. Like, so you're asking, yeah, there's multiple questions there. Okay, first question, yeah. So, I mean, just, well, okay, go ahead. So, part of the segment is just kind of questioning our own sanity and things that are driving us nuts. So, I think part of what you're asking here is, is it okay that you felt upset by people saying these things to you? More of my question is, do you think they really want to, they're going to miss really picking up blocks? Like, do you think, no. Okay. They're not. So I think what they are saying is that if it's people, in my experience, I think that it's people that are older than us, Mm -hmm. like whose kids are grown. Who miss. Who miss their kids being, who miss their kids needing them the way that they used to. Okay. That's the assumption I try to make when people say that to me. But they don't miss the mundane little things because they forgot about all those little things, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, when you're removed from it, like, think about anything that's, like, 10 years ago in your past. It's much different of a memory Mm -hmm. than when you were living it day to day. So, I think that however far removed people are when they give that advice, it's, no, I don't think that they're thinking that they miss those things. I think they're missing the days where their kids, the good parts, right? Because those, the those good memories, parts of those days, like the days when days. that crap happened were also great in other ways. Because we talked about, we talked a lot about today where we are addicted to that like busy lifestyle sometimes. So I can't imagine that piece if it's the people that, if the people that are saying this are to our assumption, people that are past that phase mm-hmm. in their life. Like, what do you do? If you, if you have so much of your identity wrapped up in, Right. Your kids and everything they're doing, like, what do you do after that? So maybe you miss that piece. Maybe. You don't miss, a, you miss, you don't miss yeah. the blocks. You don't miss the poop. You miss the... The season of life that was. You miss the season of life. You miss the purpose. Okay. You miss that piece. So, and the reason I bring that up is because that's the assumption I try to make when someone tells me, you'll miss this shit. Okay? Because I'm not going to miss picking up the 15 block, no. the block for the 15th time. Because I, I pick up the same toy every 20 minutes or so because I don't want to live in clutter. Clutter makes me feel anxious. So I continue to pick up the toys. Yes, I could wait till she's gone to bed or whatever, but that's not, I don't have that right. in me. So I'm not going to miss picking up the, se- the toy 17 times. So I bring it up as, as a crazy check because I can imagine the other moms out there are feeling like a little bit 
like why does everyone keep saying you'll miss this or whatever when they are trying to express a moment of frustration and of course I want to like put out into the universe that of course especially if you've experienced loss you will feel nostalgic for a season in life um but perhaps it's not helpful or constructive to people I mean do you think that that can be harmful that's for sure so crazy check answer is that it's not a I don't think it's a kind way to respond. I think it misses the point and I think it invalidates the person's experience because it's okay for something to be hard and And. for you to be enjoying it and love the, your tiny human. And you will miss when she's two at some point in your life. You will not miss picking up the block 9,000 times. Right. So I'm not complaining that I have to pick up the block. I'm expressing that I feel frustration around. It invalidates the experience. And I think that's the part that makes us like question our sanity and feel a little crazy because I'm on the same page with you. That is very unhelpful advice. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we need to hear when we're in the thick of it. Right. Right. Because like moms are not going to miss not sleeping. Like (laughs) they will miss the baby snuggles and moms are not going to miss like feeling like they're so busy or driving hours away to go to sports games or whatever that is, but they will miss the quality time with their kid. Right. Well, and it depends too, like whether you had one kid or you had seven kids, like it depends on your experience when you're giving that sort of advice also, because I will tell you that my daughter's first year year of life, Mm -hmm. I don't miss that time because she never slept. Right. And I Which have stressful like on your PTSD reactions yeah. to that because, I, yeah, because I had a hard, I had such a hard time connecting and bonding and doing all the things. And I was first time mom and trying to feeling like I should be feeling a certain way. And people would tell me I'm going to miss this time when she's a newborn. And I did not understand why people like the newborn stage when I was in that moment. So people then tell me. And that me, ties into the guilt. I'm going to miss it. I'm like, gosh, I'm a terrible mom because I'm not savoring every moment of this. Now, my son, when he was a newborn. I could understand that a little bit because I have better memories. Of right. it. He also wasn't like the most stellar sleeper as compared to like your unicorn of a daughter. But like, <laughs> but even I her, I mean, babies those, don't sleep early I kind of, yeah. when I had him realized like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is the newborn phase that people are talking about. It feels like the people that did have good experiences and said those things to me, then I could kind of understand yeah. removed from it. But in the moment, it's like, gosh, you know what? No, this is hard. Let me feel my damn feelings. Let me feel my feelings <laughs> and don't invalidate them because what is your option at that point? If yeah. you're telling somebody what you feel and they tell you that, then you just internalize it and you feel this guilt like you're failing yeah. as a mom in some way. And it's like, that's not okay. And I try to, like, I've tried to more recently respond to those comments with like, yes, I will miss this phase of life. And, and. it's very hard to be in this moment with all of the other things I've also got yeah. going on. And uh, the word and and but are really, really powerful because if you replace and with but, you're not negating everything that you just, I'm sorry, if you replace but with and, you're not yes. negating everything you said before the word but. And there is a pandemic takeaway as well. You and I just had this conversation about that recently. Yeah. saying and, I can feel this hard thing and. You can feel two feelings at once. You can, and it doesn't take it away. And you can be a multidimensional human being, and that's how we all should be. Yeah. So I am, and maybe I'm being presumptuous here, but I'm making a recommendation that the next time anybody interacts with you and they are expressing something that was hard to them, just let them know that you heard them. Like, oh, it sounds really hard that you had to pick up that block 17 times. Or that must be really frustrating that you're not getting any sleep for the 15th week in a row. Or, uh, you know, um, 
you know, I really appreciate how well you're loving on your tiny human. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're doing a great job, even mm-hmm. though you're feeling frustrated. Something of that nature instead of you will miss this because, of course, we will appreciate right. all of those moments that are important and we will look back and miss, you know, different seasons in our life. But thank you for walking me through that. Yeah. I I don't think you're alone in that feeling. And I think that will resonate for people as well. And I'd be interested, honestly, to hear from people, some of those comments that they do receive that do feel that invalidating feeling. And maybe we can help reframe it. Let us know on your Instagram, what is the craziest uh, we'll put up a question, uh, a question bubble or somewhere on our Instagram, the Winding Moms podcast, uh, where you can let us know what is the craziest, uh, the craziest you'll miss this that ever happened. Like right. The most insane thing that, of course, you are not going to miss, but somebody told you you would miss this. Let us know. And also know that we are here for you, mamas, and we know that you will freaking miss that season of life, and it's okay for you to vent. So... That's what I have for you all. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a little salty about that one. Still. As you vent. As you vent to our listeners. Yes. So thanks for being my sounding board, guys. Yeah. That's how we get, that's how we work through these emotions that we're feeling when we just feel like something has pushed us way over the top. But uh, thanks for listening today. Find us over at our Instagram, The Winding Moms Podcast, or on our website, thewindingmomspodcast.com. And we are happy to have you here with us. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday.